Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Deliciously Stella on the Job. I'm Bella Younger and today I'm going to be talking to a lovely, inspiring lady all about her career and sharing a couple of stories from my week. So this week's guest is the lovely Gemma Kearney. Welcome, Gemma. Hello. So Gemma is a radio and TV presenter, a theatre producer, an award-winning documentary maker, an activist and an agony aunt. I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, I was looking at questions to ask you because we're talking to you about your career today and I realised that there are so many because you've done so many things. Yeah, I do have fingers in pies and actually this morning I was starting to do this thing that I probably do about once a week around Wednesday where I feel like I've got too many plates spinning and that no one understands me and that I'm really hard to define and uh, it might be limiting to be doing so many things but I just cannot help myself. I love too much stuff and um, it's proving okay in the sense that some of the things have done alright so I'll keep going. I mean you're doing alright. It's doing okay. <laughs> you have like the least linear career trajectory I have ever seen of anyone. So you went to the Brit School. Yeah. Which is awesome. Were you there with anyone fun? Um, yeah, I was there like with loads of actors. I did theatre. So we were quite kind of a thespy year. Mm. I mean, in music, Katie Mellower and Luke from the Kooks were there, but we like were too obsessed with ourselves. Like the theatre crew were really grungy and like really like took ourselves too seriously. So my year, Kush Jumbo, who's in The Good Wife, she's a mate of mine. Nathan Stewart Jarrett, who did, uh, uh, what was it, Utopia, Dystopia, whatever. I didn't even watch it. I just, he's in a really good programme. Lots of actors, but Adele and like all the superstar famous crew were a bit below me. So Adele was two years younger than me. Kate Nash was slightly year below me and stuff. Um, The only kind of super famous people that had been there when I first joined were a couple of members from another level, which was enough for me. I mean, that is amazing. (laughs) I would absolutely have loved that. But you ended up styling Kate Nash and Adele, didn't you? Yeah, it really was during a a strange time in my life where, I mean, it's not actually that strange on reflection, but like a really experimental time. And I was living in East London, it was in my early 20s, and uh, everyone that you met at a party worked in fashion, and I thought it sounded quite fun, particularly as I was trying to be an actor at the time, and that was really hard. Mm. Um, So I was like, I reckon I can do some styling, um, it turns out that technically I was absolutely rubbish and I couldn't sew for toffee <laughs> and I'm not very organised um, and actually don't really get paid that much as an assistant stylist. So like the irony really got to me. But <laughs> I did get to go to loads of fashion parties and work on some really exciting shoots. And then as a part of that, I asked like a lot of my friends if I could style their photo shoots as they were at the beginning of their careers. None of us ever knew that anyone was ever going to be famous like we just used to all go out together and get drunk and yeah. then I would say we were kind of a really proactive crew but we didn't notice it like we didn't realise it and think about it we weren't particularly entrepreneurial or madly like 
rampantly ambitious in the same way that I think some of the younger generation are now. Mm. Like we didn't have Instagram so that we could follow what each other were up to. It was just like Kate sung a few songs in some pubs and her sister would drive around her equipment. Adele, you know, really similar. Um, everything was based on who was in whose top eight on MySpace. And it seemed like they were both pretty talented. So I said, you know, we've got Tom, our mate, who's a photographer, or Scott, our friend who's a photographer. He's building his portfolio. He's going to do the shoot. I'm going to go down to Beyond Retro and get the clothes. And like, I'll be the stylist. You're going to be the subject matter. And there you've got, like, you know, inverted commas, press shots. But we didn't really know that, like, Adele was going to be the most famous person in the world. Um, <laughs> and we didn't know that Kate would soon after have a number one album. Like, we yeah. d- it just really was quite funny, actually. I worked in fashion once. I interned in a fashion cupboard. And once I got asked to put some labels on stuff, and I put the, a label on the outside of a jacket, and I ended up ruining this vintage coat. And I have never been shouted at so much in my entire life. And I was like an adult. I was like 23. <laughs> yeah. And someone was shouting at me, like I just wet myself. And I was like, <laughs> oh. I'm sure many people in your position actually did wet themselves. So don't worry, at least you didn't. I mean, I'm surprised I didn't. She was absolutely fucking terrifying. I've been in that situation quite a few times, definitely. So after your styling, you did a radio course. Is that something you'd recommend for people trying to get into broadcasting? I don't know. Like, I think now it's way more rough and ready mm-hmm. and, like, things are much more accessible and there, there is a huge DIY phenomenon happening, which I think that I would have definitely have been a part of. Like, I love starting things, trying things. Like, I'm an ideas monster, literally. I can't stop. And I've always been that way. And, and doing a course actually helped harness that because I just had the idea that I wanted to be a broadcaster. I had the idea that TV presenting was cheesy and that it had to be radio. But as to how I got into that, I had no idea, except for literally Googling in the internet cafe, like radio courses, found that there was one fairly nearby, had to lie about where I lived so that I could be in the catchment area for the free bursary. And uh, it was a women-only course, which, again, I think was quite ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, and and I just learned, learned... It was a 12-week thing, and we just had to produce a radio show by the end of it. And by the end of it, I'd had, like, a podcast series commissioned for what was Channel 4 Radio, which was still online. It was going to launch into this big digital thing, which it never did. But, like, I again, just my really kind of precocious uh, nature, like, led me down the right path, and, and I... And I really utilised it. I was like, right, now I know the basics. Now I know the terms of radio. Like, I know, you know, that to back announce means to say what the name of a song is. Like, yeah. thanks for the course, wicked. But I want to get out there and do it. So, yeah. so it definitely helped. But I do think that you just have to juggle and that you should try things and that you should tell people what you want to do and that you should make it and that you should be confident in your ideas because just like that freshness that like youth and that like real excitement and tenacity about somebody that really wants to do something that hasn't necessarily been given the opportunity yet like shouldn't be overlooked in a creative industry yeah so it's all about the hustle yeah and saying yes to stuff definitely like I found I've become so much more of a yes woman recently yeah since I started everything and I've had all these amazing opportunities I'm just like you know what that terrifies me but I'm gonna do it like do you not get scared of some of the things you're asked to do like you presented women's hour it's amazing (laughs) I went on it and I nearly died the threshold just gets higher but I definitely do things all the time that make me really scared and it's kind of my philosophy really now I realized that after like eight years 
doing my job, I, I, I'm like, well, I obviously get off on this shit. Like, I obviously do because I keep doing it. So I have to utilise that as a positive. And I, and I, I think I actively seek things that, that are challenging because when you, you try them and if you kind of at least do an okay job, I'm not saying that I do a good job every time, but like when you've, when you've actually done something that really scares you, it makes you feel stronger the next time you try it. But Woman's Hour was really scary. <laughs> okay, good. I'm so glad you were it was I literally didn't even know what was coming out of my mouth for the first 20 minutes. I was just talking. Just hoping for the best. Jay Garvey asked me to eat a crisp sandwich on air and I knew that my mum was just sat at home listening going, no, no, don't do it. I mean, that's kind of unfair, isn't it? That, that she asked you to do that. She made me take two bites. She was like, and again? And I was like... So something that caught my eye this week is something that my mum actually sent me. Um, It turns out that I've been named as one of the hottest young singles in town by Tatler magazine, no less. How they know I'm single, I'm not sure. Maybe it's just an educated guess. But what my mum failed to notice is that in the strap line about me, it says, the filthy antidote to kale. She'd much rather take a bite out of your sausage. Yeah, so my mum failed to notice that there was a very lewd sexual innuendo (laughs) involved in this particular article and I sent it to everyone in my family and all of our family friends. Obviously it's taken a spoof food account to get me into the society pages, but I'm, I'm there. So you now present the Glastonbury coverage for the BBC and you've done shows on BBC Radio 2. Is this ever where you imagined you'd end up? I never thought that my life would be what it is and, and it doesn't mean it's perfect and that like, I'm sitting pretty. It just means that I, I've done things that are above what I thought I could achieve because I didn't really have like particularly high expectations for myself. I just mm. knew that I like people, I like life and I like fun. Right? And when you start to realise that actually like you have got a brain and it, it's quite fun to use it and that being a woman you know, doesn't mean that I need to live a certain way or being mixed race doesn't mean I have to be, uh, you know, defined as a particular style presenter or any of that or or, or limit what I can do. And um, I feel really proud and I really, uh, yeah, I just, I keep getting these opportunities because I have lots of meetings. Um, I'm constantly, like, asking people if they are interested in an idea and... Um, and then sometimes it pulls off. So I, yeah, Radio 2, the art show in August was absolutely amazing. Awesome. And uh, just stuff, like it's, ha- it's all kind of just carries on really. So I read somewhere that you've, said it says you've streamlined your ambitions and that's, that's what made you start your production company, Boom Shakalaka, yeah. which is so cool and so exciting. <laughs> I was listening to your thing that you did for the pool on mental health today, amazing. Yeah. Um, I think streamlining is kind of a bizarre notion. I, I, I did it at a particular point. Mm. It's when I was doing early breakfast on Radio 1. And like, I think streamlining it sounds a bit fanciful and a bit self-help. <laughs> like, it's not, it wasn't as simple as that. It's yeah. like, I really am a guttural person. Like, I live by my heart a lot. Like, I try to strategize and it doesn't work. Like, I realize it's very much about how I'm feeling, who I've met, like, where I'm at in my life. And doing early breakfast was basically breaking me. I was exhausted. I would be doing something like this with you, but inside I would literally be, like, 
a total husk because I'd be so tired. So I was getting up at 3am every day. And me being me, I'd have like three or four meetings in town as well after that. And some days I'd be like going in and out of town from Hackney two or three times so that I could go to the most important meetings or events and then still do my radio show. And it was hell, basically. It got to hell. Even though I love the act of radio, even though I had a good job at like one of the biggest youth networks in the country but I realised that I needed to think about really what made me happy and that wasn't um, kind of a projected trajectory that I'm supposed to be doing like Mm -hmm. if you spend all these years doing this on early breakfast and maybe one day you might get this and that and you might do afternoons or whatever like oh and if you are a famous presenter then you're on the front cover of magazines and you have a clothing line or if you get skinny enough you'll be invited to even better parties you know and like suddenly you realize that that's such a load of shit and um, it really isn't about money and it isn't about like what the successes that everybody kind of is sort of showing me or telling me um, and kind of believing in my skill and thinking, right, what is that? What makes me tick? What makes me happy? And it's to create. Like I went to drama school. I worked in fashion. I'm around creative people that blow my mind. Some of them I don't think get the platform that they deserve. Like how can I use my skills and my contacts and try and create that platform like in a multidisciplinary way? Um, and boom, like I came out of that. It's startup, it's boutique, it's like really DIY. I don't have investment. I don't ever plan to like have massive overheads where I'm paying people People. I'm not Donald Trump. I don't need like a huge HQ, you know. <laughs> I'm not even, you know, I don't even like really aspire to like that kind of world takeover of Oprah, you know. I don't yeah. like that, you know, that sense of like, and I have to have it all. Like, it's just, it really was like a natural thing for me to say to one of my best friends in the world, Brigitte Aphrodite, who I think is one of the rawest talents that there is, to say, okay, you've got this amazing show. I love what you're doing. Can Boom Shakalaka produce it? Let's get it to Edinburgh. Let's actually just do this. Yes, I wanted to talk to you about that. How was Edinburgh? Yeah, well, I mean, I wasn't on stage, thank goodness. But um, I love Edinburgh Festival. I've been going since I was a drama student and to produce a show. And again, you know, it's from, uh, it sounds so fancy, like language is weird. Like all I did really was big up my friend make sure that she got the money that she needed through Kickstarter so that he could go to Edinburgh so that it could be seen by people because what she was making was amazing and, like, supporting some of her imagination. Um, but she was the one with the talent. and She'd written the show and... Uh, and we got you know other people around me like a co-exec producer who has theatre background who could do budgeting because I'm shit. Um, we had like a fashion person doing like the set and design so that it looked really aesthetically hot. Like you know, it, it was just a great fun experience. It's like organising a really 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 cool party. <laughs> awesome. And so now you do the surgery yeah. on Radio One, which is amazing. So you cover some pretty heavy hitting subject matter. Yeah, I mean it's quite weird to be somebody who kind of I think uh explores like the light and the shade quite a lot yeah but I've always felt like a responsibility to to be able to represent someone that isn't afraid to talk about everything so that means to be I think 
fun I hope I'm fun and, and have a good time and like wear stupid clothes and all that and can be reckless whatever but at the same time like it's really important that we talk about the fact that life isn't perfect and that means something different yeah. to everybody so to do the surgery is a total privilege I think it's one of the most important shows on Radio 1 with or without me it's just an important show yeah. um, I co-host with a doctor which is really important too uh, I'm just like the big sister and we hopefully provide a space where people feel like they can be honest and come on air we root it in a different theme each week so it can be anything from self-harm to something a bit more surrealist like the idea of power uh, or something like straightforward like it's fresh as week are you having a hard time and people come on and they talk about their problems and because they talk and people listen it helps many people so do you think that social media has had a negative effect on sort of how young people view the world um yes and no I mean yeah. I have just written a book and I got really immersed in like my own internal fear of the internet and I had to kind of stop myself from feeling really like, do me. Yeah. <laughs> because it's definitely not all bad. It's definitely not all bad. I, I started my account because I didn't feel like I was being properly represented by yeah. influencers, in mm. inverted commas. But it's definitely not all bad. I mean, I think it's great for sharing. It definitely is. And I really enjoy that side of it. Like, it's fun to show off. It's, it's, it's cool to express yourself, you know. So it's definitely not all bad. I just get scared about like the more vulnerable brain and um mm. and just the access and like just we don't really talk about like, how the internet can be negative we just sort of do it all the time we just consume it and like maybe we should be talking about the positives and negatives and taking a bit of our own self-responsibility as to whether that makes us always feel good because sometimes it can make you feel shitty and you can't actually pinpoint as to the reason but it really could be because the amount of alerts you get on your phone yeah exactly so can we talk a bit about your book what are you allowed to say I'm allowed to say stuff I think oh my god I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, I'm really scared. Um, I really understand why people are like really OTT when they write books. And I, I, I've had friends that write books and they're just like, I can't come out. Or, I've got to finish it. Or this is so huge. And I've always been totally in awe of it. But to actually do it, it's like, whoa, that was hard. Yeah. <laughs> so hard. It was so hard. I was like, I'm going to nail this. I'm going to do it in like three weeks. No, like three months later. So hard. Yeah, I spied you on that because well done. Um, it's a lovely book as well. Oh, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, yeah, so basically it's a chapter-by-chapter chapter breakdown. It's called Open and mm-hmm. it's a toolkit for how magic and messed up life can be. And it's kind of lots of different things in the same way that my mind is. So it's part memoir. There are like lots of secrets of mine told, but I'm not doing Katie Price. It's, uh, it's you know, it's nothing that you probably wouldn't expect. Uh, it's also part resource, so you can go to the index at the back and you can like look at all the different subject matters that we explore within, and you can just hop straight to the chapter that might be relevant to you. I don't think that it really needs to be read from cover to cover because uh, it's quite heavy. Like, you don't necessarily want to think about the entire of life in a book read, like when you're on holiday by the pool, but you might be suffering from something for the first time or be confused about something, um, and you might be able to find it in there. So from friendship to self-harm to sexual health to OCD to death to... Uh, there's positive things. Plants. Plants. Um, <laughs> shoes. Your vulva, labelling it, there is all sorts. It's also full colour, fully illustrated, hardback, the real deal. It's so scary. It's so exciting, though. (laughs) 
It's so exciting. And when's it out? It's out um, in March. So we've got a while, but you can pre-order it on Amazon. And also just, I really want people to become part of like the movement, which is bold, I know, but I really believe in this more than I believe in anything that I've ever done because it culminates everything I've ever Mm. done. And it is just about like being free to be yourself, be open-minded, have an open heart, open up if you're feeling like shit, open up, like tell people how you feel. Um, uh, And there's going to be free podcasts. I'm going to go on a UK-wide tour and a double-decker bus. So it's like, it's so many things. Like Open isn't just this book that you need to get on Amazon like right now. It's like way more than that. Like become part of Team Open and enjoy the spirit of it. Come and and have a party and have a disco dance. You don't even need to spend any money. You can download the podcast for free and just follow the Open journey for 2017 really. Amazing. Yeah. Are you Team Open? I'm Team Open. Yes. 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 So in this week's news, Prince Harry has a new girlfriend, which is always devastating for everyone in the female population. She's a brunette, which is a change. Normally he likes a badly behaved blonde, but I thought I might be in with a chance. So I was going to tell a story about playing spin the bottle with an unnamed royal, but I'm a bit worried that the Illuminati might come and murder me, so I've decided not to. Gemma, thank you so, so much for coming in and telling us all about your career and your book. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I always feel sick at the end of stuff like this because I feel so indulgent. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's all about when you're getting interviewed. (laughs) It's it's really, really weird for someone that interviews, but I am excited about all these things and I do think it's, you know, it's really good to represent that anyone can do whatever they want, really. exactly. I mean, if you could do it, like, you know, in such an amazing, nuanced way and be kind of a food activist... Uh, in, in steeped in such fun and charisma, then like, really, you know, there's a lot going on out there, and everyone can do whatever they want. It's great. Yeah, do what you want. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's all for this week. Don't forget that you can find me on Instagram at deliciouslystella, or you can drop me an email at deliciouslystella at gmail Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24.